from the Auto Line Studios. Here is your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. You've heard of this connected car thing, haven't you? Some people call it vehicle-to-vehicle technology. And then there's autonomous technology, too. I think the umbrella that covers this all is what they call intelligent transportation systems. And I got three experts in ITS joining us on today's show, starting with Richard Wallace for, from the Center for Automotive Research in Ann Arbor, Michelle Mueller from the Michigan Department of Transportation, and Jim Barbaresso from a civil engineering company called HNTB Corp. Great having you all here. Thank you. John. So, uh, Richard, connected cars, V to V, V to X, <laughs> there's all these things, autonomy's yep. right yep. around yep. the corner. Yep. 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 What, what is this whole ITS concept? So it's a concept that started about 20 years ago, largely with uh, traffic monitoring and travel information. And Jim and I actually worked on one of the very first projects in that sort of old style of ITS, very infrastructure oriented. Uh, he was working for the Road Commission for Oakland County here. I was working for Umtree, University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute. And it's evolved in those 20 years to now being a little more vehicle-centric, a lot more vehicle-centric, actually, where we're using particular types of radios on board vehicles so vehicles can talk to each other, talk to the roadside, talk to the cloud. And we're also adding sensors that are camera or radar or LIDAR and sensing the environment, and then the vehicle is smarter than we are. And we'll want to get into some of the technology that changed all that from the way it used to be to the way it is now, but I want to get Michelle's uh, impressions on intelligent transportation systems from a Department of Transportation standpoint. Yeah, so the Michigan Department of Transportation, uh, we have operation centers across Michigan. We have a very large facility in Detroit today. And uh, what that does is we provide traveler information. So we do that, we use cameras that are on the freeways to looking for incidents, accidents, congestion. We are checking uh, where there's any backups, things like that that are happening out on the freeways. We're sending those messages uh, via different social media as well as through our MyDrive website. And we also post uh, messages to the drivers on our dynamic message signs that are located on the freeways. So the idea is that that will provide those tools, give us resources to provide travelers information to get them to their destinations faster, to get them home at night faster, and allow the uh, technology to assist in those types of things. Now, as you say, the state of Michigan is doing this, but I got to believe all 50 states are doing something similar to this. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, operation centers across the uh, United States, as well as even in Michigan. Uh, it's not only the Michigan Department of Transportation, our local agencies are as well. Uh, so the Road Commission for Oakland County has a system, Macomb County has a system, City of Detroit. Uh, there's different agencies that have different systems and there's a lot of interaction that happens between those agencies. So if we get an incident on our freeway, we're also communicating with other organizations and agencies as well as emergency responders uh, in assistance to that incident or to you know whatever the situation is at the time. Jim, you're with a civil engineering company. What the heck is your involvement in all this about? Well, from the get-go, uh, when we are first talking about intelligent transportation systems, we were talking about the integration of vehicles with the infrastructure. And it's really the convergence of those two things that we're most interested in, even now, mm -hmm. with connectivity, in terms of vehicles talking to the infrastructure, V to I and I to V, or V to X. Uh, so 
we're talking about connectivity, and, and so connectivity includes the infrastructure, it includes vehicles, it includes people and, and individuals and empowering them with information from the infrastructure and from those vehicles to make travel decisions. Richard, you mentioned going back 20, 25 years yeah. ago, it, this whole concept was so infrastructure centric or mm -hmm. so focused on yeah. having to build up an infrastructure. Right. Everybody was wondering where's all the money going to come from because so many municipalities, not just in the U.S., but worldwide are mm -hmm. struggling. Where can they find the kind of money? And now you're saying it's more vehicle centric. What changed? I think technology changed to the point where a distributed system became much more possible with advanced computing power and the ability to upload data off of a vehicle through wireless type communications and cellular technologies just growing everywhere. So almost every vehicle today almost by definition is a connected vehicle because even if there wasn't anything built into your car, you got in it with your Android or your iPhone and you're recording your position and you're telling Google Maps and Waze and all these other applications, you know, how fast you're going and where you're at. And that kind of probe data is being rolled up by agencies like Michelle's to improve the quality of that real-time information even more. How, how can you do that, Michelle? And, and to what extent are you collecting this data and using it in a way that I imagine is to reduce congestion? Yeah, so here in uh, Michigan, actually uh, very proud to say that Michigan leads the effort in the connected vehicle environment. Uh, we utilize, and there's a lot of benefits that come with that. The big thing for the department is the safety benefits. So the technology will allow us to uh, hopefully move towards uh, our zero fatality goal that we have as a state. So if we can reduce crashes, if we can uh, avoid driver error and things like that with the technology, then we, the whole everybody benefits. Mm -hmm. The state benefits, the citizens benefit. Um, as well as, as an agency, the information that we get helps us do our job better, safer, faster, more efficiently by moving um, the assets into our control and knowing what's going on ahead of time. We can be more proactive as opposed to reactive. We know where we have, whether it be a pothole or uh, whatever the situation is, if we're getting weather, inclement weather coming in, we can be getting messages to folks of what's happening. We can stage our maintenance crews accordingly based on where the storms are coming, and we can better manage our assets and our, our time, our labor, our forces to do uh, much more quicker. I love what you're saying about having a goal of zero fatalities. You know, maybe just over a little over a decade ago, I would have said, oh, that's pie in the sky. You know, that's nice yeah. to say, but. And now it looks like we're on the verge of being able to achieve something like yes, that. It is. Every, you know, there is, there is no uh, number that's, that's acceptable except zero. Mm -hmm. So we are striving in this technology, we feel, and that's why we are leading it. As a department, uh, we have a lot of effort in the connected, in the automated vehicle environments because the safety benefits that come with it really will provide the citizens uh, where we want to get to that zero percent. Jim, uh, Kim mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, or Richard mentioned uh, uh, the difference in technology that's uh, been coming along. To me, the, the key enablers have been having GPS in a car mm -hmm. and Wi-Fi. So mm -hmm. the car knows where it is and using Wi-Fi it can broadcast its location. It, or am I missing something? Has, has something else really changed the technology of it? No, I, I think that plus 
the computer processing within the vehicle itself, the ability to integrate with the various sensor systems in the vehicle uh, so that the vehicle actually has all these new capabilities also that allow it to be much smarter than it was previously and much safer than it was previously too. Um, so it's not just the GPS and the Wi-Fi communications, but uh, those sensor systems in the cars that uh, really make it, a, a, you might say, a, a new paradigm for, for vehicle safety. And what we're talking about here is uh, across the line. I mean, this is not just for exotic, expensive luxury cars. We're, we're talking about putting this technology in just about everything. That's correct. Yeah, and, and from the lower-end vehicles all the way up to the, the higher-end vehicles in, in the near future. And, and what, what really is, uh, is set, sent a signal, I think, to both the car industry and to uh, infrastructure providers like the Michigan DOT was on February 3rd when, when the US DOT came out with an agency announcement that they were moving forward mm -hmm. with the regulatory process for vehicle connectivity for safety. Yep. And this really has been a, a, a year where we're, we're turning that corner now, I would think, toward um, this whole connectivity uh, revolution, so to speak, in the vehicle and in the infrastructure. In fact, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, uh, I do think some, some other key factors are we're not just in the, the technology, we're not just talking vehicles, we're also talking uh, pedestrians, we're talking even to transit mm -hmm. in bicycles. So mm -hmm. it's different modes of transportation that people use and this technology will help them. So how do we present, you know, when you we talk zero fatalities, that's not just in a vehicle, that is in the people who are walking along the road, crossing the roads, um, bicycles who are using the Okay, the I'm a bicyclist. So How's, how does that work? I, I'm riding my bicycle, how does the system work when I'm on my bike? The system works such that we, the, uh, the bike would have, or the person on the bike would be equipped with technology that the car would sense where that bicyclist is. So it just is. might be my cell phone. It might be your right. phone. Could be. It could it be could embedded be. in your yep. cell phone. It right. could be a, just a device that you don't even, you know, doesn't doesn't impact you or how your phone works or anything. So if I'm coming out between two trucks that are parked, somebody will know I'm coming the if I've would, got the sensor on me. Okay. saying I'm here. Yep. The car would right. get that information uh, and know that you were coming. So it's a, what's now a blind spot or you know, if a pedestrian's walking between vehicles, whatever the case is, they would get that information. Richard, Jim mentioned that this seems to be a year where it's uh -huh. all really taking off, and of course, uh, later, in just a little while, we're going to have this big convention called Intelligent Transportation Systems America. Tell us a little bit about it, because I know you're heavily involved in that. Yeah, well, I ITS America is a national organization that's a, sort of a trade association, if you will, uh, for this industry, this ITS industry. And they put on an annual conference, but every third year there's something called the ITS World Congress, and it moves across the continents. It'll be in North America and Europe and Asia, and it so happens that this year it's, it's going to be in Detroit, and Jim is going to be the chair of, of that event. So I'd let him elaborate further. <laughs> and what a concept, bringing a transportation conference to the Motor City itself. Yeah, so it's never been done before, right? That, that's true. <laughs> uh, the world, it's the first time ever that the uh, World Congress is coming to Detroit. Uh, we're very happy to, and proud to be hosting this conference. We expect 10,000 people 
face-to-face from around the world, around the globe, to converge on Detroit from September 7th through 11th this year uh, for this conference, where we're going to talk about transportation technology and this this revolution that's taking place. And uh, it's not just talking about it. We're going to tell our story in a, a very compelling way through through different program sessions. We have an all-star cast when it comes to speakers. Uh, Mary Barra will kick us off uh, at the opening ceremony. Uh, we'll have Bill Ford. Uh, we'll have keynote speakers from the telecommunications industry, uh, from the IT industry, and from the auto industry. So it'll be, and from infrastructure, of course. How could I forget? (laughs) Um, Anyway, but, and then beyond that, we have Cobo Center in downtown Detroit, where we'll have 300,000 square feet of exhibits. But uh, within those exhibits, we'll have a number of different themed pavilions that are really quite exciting featuring some of our youth and some youth challenges that will be taking place right on the show floor, Uh, investor matching and and Shark Tank type activities that will be a lot of fun where where startups will get an opportunity to, to, you might say, give their pitch, a one-minute pitch to some of the VIPs that will be roaming around on on the show floor. (laughs) And then uh, one of the the highlights will be our technology showcase, and, and Michelle is actually the chair of the subcommittee that's running those activities, and, and that really is going to be exciting because that's where we're going to be showcasing some of these automated vehicles and, and some of the connected vehicle applications. Oh, okay, Michelle, now you're on. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. what, yeah. what kind of technologies are you going to have here? So the technologies that we'll be showing uh, within that are the connected vehicle technologies, the automated technologies. So what the uh, OEMs, suppliers, and um, from big to small of companies come out and bring the technology that they've been developing and working on, and they actually demonstrate the use of it live. Uh, so attendees will be able to ride in the vehicles. In some cases, they can drive, depending on what the demonstration is. And you'll actually be able to see it in action. So crash avoidance, uh, lane merging, uh, things like that, changing of lanes, and where the, the cars are actually sensing the other vehicles that are around in making the, the necessary adjustments uh, to avoid crash avoid situations. We have uh, the, as you said, you're a bicycle rider. We have a, a bicycle demonstration that shows off the technology of what that does as well as pedestrian ones as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a very exciting, like Jim said, we've got a whole youth connection aspect which is new for the conference here in Detroit. We've developed that. Uh, it's a large initiative where kids K through 12 as well as college kids will be actually building connected vehicles and automated vehicles live on the show floor and doing different challenges. Um, we have a large effort going to connect up the college kids with some companies for job opportunities and have uh, you know prizes for these competitions be internships and things like that that we're working with companies to provide um, to really grow this environment and this. So this, this could be an emerging whole new business, a whole new business model. They're, they're, yeah. they're 
you know, from what you're saying here, there, there could be a lot of opportunity for generating wealth and creating jobs. Well, we really want to leverage the economic development opportunity. I mean, it's one thing to bring a big event, sort of a once-in-a-lifetime chance that it'll be in Detroit, and that's great. We have hotel rooms and registrations and restaurants. And, you know, it's, a, it's, it's like the Super Bowl uh, a few years back. It's great to have that sort of activity. But we really challenged ourselves is how do we have some legs from that event that is going to create economic development in Michigan? How are we going to get some of those upstart fir firms, startup firms that are advancing the next generation of the technology? Show them that Michigan is the place to do that. Mm -hmm. Line them up with uh, investors through the Shark Tank and mm -hmm. other entrepreneurial type connections. What about the next generation? You know, the old guys like us go away. Who's coming up behind us and wants to work in the transportation or the automotive sector, making them see the opportunities and the challenges and, frankly, the advanced high tech that is almost unmatched, I'll say unmatched, just straight out, unmatched in any other mm -hmm. industry and exciting them into this field moving forward. All right. Yeah, key, one of our uh, key goals going into it was sustainability. Uh, sustainability for Michigan, sustainability for Detroit, and all the surrounding communities. So uh, as, a, as a department, we have a lot of testing environments here already. Uh, we do this today. We have companies that are in Michigan and testing the technology. A lot of them are based here. There's a, a large amount that have throughout Michigan the OEM suppliers and stuff that are based here. So the idea is sustainability, keep the technology here, keep the development here in Michigan, grow the jobs, and let people know this is the place to be. You know, Michigan is the place to come and do connected vehicle uh, development, testing, and as well as automated vehicles. So we are here, uh, we've got the, the infrastructure and the technology right here. So we welcome uh, from big, medium to small. Uh, and again, sustainability of the conference is key for Michigan hereafter. So. Yeah, I think the race is on to see where this technology is going to be developed. Could be Michigan, could be California, the Silicon Valley area, could be Germany. Boy, they're doing a lot of work there. Sure. China's very interested in this too. So I mean, it's really Japan, exciting. Don't Japan, oh, don't forget Japan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Jim, you're you're the co-chair of this event. I am the chair. Yeah. Oh, the chair, excuse yeah. me. Okay, That's so you're okay. setting it all up. But I'll bet you there's going to be things there that you're not even exactly sure what's going to be there. What, spe what specifically would you like to keep an eye out for that you would like to see developed? Yeah, and, and I think the next generation. Where are we going? I mean, and everybody is focused right now on connectivity and automation, but again, what, what happens when you begin to empower the traveler? by giving them information. And I see that as the next step. What do you mean empower them? I, well, empower in the way of, of giving them the decision making rather than having, say, a centralized system like MDOT currently has a traffic management system where they provide information to travelers on dynamic message signs along freeways and things like that. But with all of the data and information, the big data that's out there right now, and, and the ability now for a traveler to access that data and begin to make those travel decisions, whether it's on their smartphone or whether it's on a roadside sign, uh, they, can, they can now begin to see how, whether it makes more sense to drive to work to share a vehicle with somebody else, uh, dynamic ride sharing, mm -hmm. um, or 
possibly even not to own a vehicle anymore, but to, for example, rent or, or share a vehicle with somebody else. Uh, there's all kinds of new opportunities out there in the mobility realm that, that are being explored. And I think this is where the empowerment is, is that not only is it the empowerment of the driver or the traveler, but also the empowerment of these, these new companies and, and startups that where they're, they're coming up with these fantastic new ideas about uh, parking and mobility and, and dynamic ride sharing or transit applications, uh, electronic payment systems, all interoperable and, and all mobile. And I, I see that as the kind of the next horizon of where we're going, along with autonomy and, and connectivity. So when you begin to see these things all coming together and you start connecting those dots, mm -hmm. you see the, this, this tremendous revolution in mobility that's going to be taking place. And, and it's, it's all so exciting. I mean, and, and <laughs> to me, you know, you look at Detroit and you say, uh, Detroit has this tremendous history based on the industry, right. right, transportation industry. But now we've got this emerging technology sector coming up. So, so I, I like to say um, Detroit's made of both grit and silicon. And now <laughs> we're creating the next generation of, of transportation systems here. So, You know, John, there's something like 300 million lines of code in a modern, new, brand new vehicle, and you know, if that's not a software industry there, but uh, certainly... More than a fighter jet, they tell me, uh, that there's more I, lines I've of been, code. I've been told that, but I've never yeah, built yeah, yeah. a fighter jet. Um, <laughs> the challenge you raised is sort of the intro to that question about is it Germany, California, mm -hmm. Japan, China. In some ways, it's really all of the above because we're all globalized now and industries are interconnected. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's some expertise in some of those Silicon Valley industries that we're going to borrow from and we're going to interact with and we're going to, you know, create the optimal product and service and what are those uh, mobility as a service options going to look like in the future? Think of a 10 years from now. I don't know what a smartphone will look like then. It's going to be, you know, inside in your glasses. your glasses or something. And um, you're going to say, I'm here and I need to get there. Right. And it's going to compute something and say, John, what you need to do is walk down there and some guy's going to drive by. And, you know, he's going to be in a blue sedan, and he's going to drive you halfway there, and then you're going to get on a train for the last half. And that's the optimal, low, fastest, lowest cost, whatever optimization you asked for. And that's mobility as a service. What is the best way right now for me to do this trip, including possibly don't do it? You can walk one block, go into a video conferencing center, and you can talk right. to Jim without having to no, both drive. No, no, The video conference is going to be in your glasses. Or that's going to be in your glasses, too. Come yeah. on. Get with the program. <laughs> so Michelle, another option. You're going to be walking through uh, ITS America as well. As an MDOT representative, what are you going to keep your eyes open for? And what do you think? counterparts from other states in your position might be looking for as well. Yeah, I think uh, the main things you know we're looking for as an agency is to really look at the pairing the technology with ways that we can do our jobs better, we can serve our uh, taxpayers and citizens better, do things more efficiently. 
look at how we can can really work towards that uh, zero fatality mm -hmm. and what are things and tools that we don't know of or aren't aware of or you know are still in development phases and start planning towards those so we can you know start looking ahead to infrastructure looking ahead to our uh, five-year plan and looking to say what how do we pair up these things that are coming or here uh, forthcoming whatever the case be and how do we do that better how do we how do we manage our assets how do we you know schedule our people how do we what do we do for you know a road coverage um, storms or you know potholes whatever the case be and really look at that and you're with the Michigan Department of Transportation but isn't there a need to look at this on a regional basis I mean the world doesn't end at the state borders and, nope. and it wouldn't it be smarter to and you know we're right across the border from Canada wouldn't right. it be smart to incorporate the Canadian system into what we're working yeah on? and we do um, actually as a, as a department we do a lot of work um, part of my job actually is I, I do quite a bit of work with Canada um, we look at border things. We look at how do we move people across the borders? How do we move freight? You know, freight is mm -hmm. huge in Michigan. Uh, we move tons and tons of freight. There's a I-94 coalition basically that uh, covers I-94. That's not just in Michigan. There's a lot of work that, mm -hmm. that that task force does to look at how do we pair that up? How do we get it? How do we not look at the state boundaries and uh, look at those assets as a whole? instead of state by state. Yep. Mm -hmm. Jim, real quick, we're sort of right. getting down to the end here, but you're with a civil engineering company. We're right. talking about a lot of infrastructure. Right. Where's the money gonna come from? Well, that's, that's a great question. And, and frankly, I don't know. You know and, and, but one thing that is certain is that it's, it's gonna require a public-private partnership. Mm -hmm. And uh, the public sector can't do it alone. There just isn't enough public money out there to support you know, just the maintaining what we currently have in terms of infrastructure, plus doing all of these new things. So we're going to have to look for innovative ways, creative funding to implement these solutions in the future. And we're going to rely on the private sector to help out with a lot of that. Two key words you said, innovative and creative, and I totally agree with you. So real fast, uh, ITS America, September what? what September were the September 7th through the 11th, the World Congress on Intelligent Transportation Systems. Our theme is reinventing transportation and our connected world. So great story to tell. Got to be there. Real good. I want to thank all three of you for having come on and talked about this today. Richard Wallace from the Center for Automotive Research, Michelle Mueller from uh, MDOT, and Jim Barbaresso from HNTV. Thank you very much. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for having tuned in.